Welcome back, everyone, to the second episode of the Need to Know Basis podcast for everything you need to know. We're back with a very esteemed guest, um, Yvonne Dernan. Now, she is really at the forefront of the McCaig Institute of Bone and Joint Health. Now, apart from her official title, which is an administrative coordinator, she really is the face of McCaig. And uh, the whole thing really is smooth functioning because of her relationship with the students, researchers, um, and everybody alike. So welcome. Thank you. You guys make me blush. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess to start off, maybe we'll talk about the McCaig Institute and uh, your role here. So can you tell us how long have you been working with McCaig? Is this your first position with McCaig or? Uh, It is my first position with the McKaig Institute. Uh, I actually saw the job during the summer. I was going to take the whole summer off to not work and thought, I want to work for the McKaig Institute. I believe in the institutes here at the Cummings School of Medicine. And um, prior to the McKaig Institute, I actually was with the Brain Institute, Mm -hmm. Hodgkin's Brain Institute. So um, I've been around since the institutes were conceived say yeah and so I knew what kind of values and what kind of people dedicate their life to research Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to be a part of it so I think that was August 2019 and I haven't left yet (laughs) we're happy you haven't left so you were in the brain institute before this uh kind uh Not directly before this. Okay. I took some time off to raise my kids and run a day home. Okay. That's what I was getting to. You're kind of a mystery. I think the students can agree. We come to you all the time, but what do we really know about you? Nothing. So tell us. Tell us about everything. You had your kids. Walk us through it. I have a background in marketing and public relations. Mm -hmm. I've worked in nonprofit. I've worked for government worked for private corporations. I grew up in the West Kootenays. And then when I moved to Calgary, I got a job with an IT company on my very first day looking and decided, okay, well, I guess I'll take this job. Mm-hmm. And then when I thought, oh, the universities would be nice to work for. And so I applied for a job and I got an interview and was started that afternoon in the IT de- department. And then the institutes were conceived. And I thought, I want to work for the institutes. And so I applied for a job with the Hotchkiss Brain Institute. And luckily for me, it was I got hired. And so, and so I was there for eight years. And then when I had my second child, I decided I wanted to stay home, mm-hmm. raise my kids. And so I thought, huh, I'll start a day home. And so then I took my early childhood education while I was doing my day home. And then when your kids get a little older and they don't need you as much, I thought I'll go back to work. Yeah. Even though like a day home is work. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of work. Yeah. But yeah. So why McKaig? Why did you decide to come back to McKaig instead of the Brain Institute? Something about a smaller institute where you can know everybody and you can create your own position and you can navigate through and just make a bigger difference in a smaller pond. 
I think that's a really good transition because I was just about to ask, like, how is McCaig really different from all the other positions that you've worked at? And you touched on it being smaller. And so something that we've noticed, we kind of touched this with um, Dr. Boyd as well, is that McCaig seems pretty close-knit. And so maybe can you speak a little bit about that? Um, is it Well, I do believe that just be, like when you have a fewer number of researchers and then you have a fewer number of grad students um, and staff, that it does create more of a family environment. But what I really think it is, is that because there's so vast differences in the research here, mm-hmm. I've think that the researchers make more of an effort and the staff make more of an effort to get to know others. You know, um, when I was with the Brain Institute, they did have a trainee organization and I was there for eight years. Mm -hmm. But But I didn't really get to know the students as well as I do the students that are on the MTC now for my, like for my cake. Like it's a really different environment. Do you yeah. think this is kind of like your forever home or for the next little bit? Or what are you thinking now? Um, <laughs> it's a tough question. <laughs> yeah, like when when other jobs come up, it's very tempting mm-hmm. sometimes to, to like try something new. Mm-hmm. And I have been um, a- approached. Uh, but I feel like it's a fairly easy job. I'm going to say not that it's easy because it's it's challenging, but it's fairly easy. I can do it really well, and I'm getting at the age where I'm looking to greener pastures of retirement. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I'll be here for a while. We're not we're not ready to let you go yet. So <laughs> yeah. that was actually a trick question, and that's exactly what we were looking for. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's what Steve's looking for. <laughs> I think we all agree. <laughs> yeah, I go home and tell my ki- uh, my husband and my kids about like some of the things that happen here, like you know, mm-hmm. like just the sheer involvement of like when I said, "Oh, I'm going to be on a podcast," and my husband's like, "You're." The grad students are like amazing. I have like so much hope for this oh, society now, you know. Stop. But it is adorable. I know. But you know, they're very involved. Like all the students are yeah. very, very involved. Absolutely. You I don't often so. get that. Yeah. I think it's really hard to differentiate exactly what your role is because, like you said, you kind of do everything. You're kind of with the students, with the researchers, and People are like, oh, I have a question. Like, ask Yvonne. I don't, even, I don't even know if it's applicable, but ask Yvonne. I'm sure she knows. Um, yeah, I think that, but that is my role. Yeah, there we go. It's just to know everything, everything right? Yeah. yeah. I guess maybe like speaking a little bit more specific to your role. Um, so your official title is being the um, administrative coordinator. Is that correct? Correct. Right. Awesome. Um, and so maybe like touching on the job and so the stereotypes that come with the job how you know the pros and cons any of you grad students that are listening to this please it's very very important to make sure that you have a good relationship with your administrative coordinator Mm because she will do everything for you and deal with all of the problems you know I have to deal with finance and HR and because I'm not just for McCaig, I also do a lot for Steve as a researcher. 
Right. So then, um, but for the Institute, it's, it's pretty, pretty easy. I look after all the awards. I look after your desk space, <laughs> you know, and just, I'm, I'm there to answer questions. And if I don't know, then I find out who does know. Yeah. Um, I guess like to be, um, to push on that, push on that a little bit. Um, so, you know, administrative jobs, jobs are usually by like women. And so we usually see women in those positions. Do you, have you faced a lot of like barriers or struggles, like being stereotyped into that? Um, it's a, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Can you maybe talk about that? Um, well, for me, I think that, that I'm the personality that, I kind of just ignore all that mm-hmm. because um, I'm a very nurturing person. So I chose to go into administrative. I could have like come back and went into marketing or events. I mean, I've done like thousands and thousands of events mm-hmm. or communications or donor relations. I, I could have chosen to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose this because I thought that it would be, uh, there wouldn't be a lot of overtime. I still have young kids, you know, and it was something that I'm very good at. Mm -hmm. However, like, you know, like there's different barriers. Mm -hmm. Like um, I see um, that the Institute is changing, but like when I first started, there was a few of our committees that were mostly male. But in my role, I can say, hey, you know, I can speak to the chair and say, look, we should like make it a little, maybe we should look at getting this researcher on. You know, she would add a new voice, yeah. right? So I am in a position that I can kind of make a little bit of a difference in that way. Mm-hmm. But it is hard, like when you're talking about like orthosurgery, it's very male dominated. Do you feel like you had to learn how to ignore it or was that just something you were able to do from the get-go? I just, as I just believe that eventually if somebody wants a position, they will get it mm-hmm. no matter what. I encourage, we have two daughters and my husband and I, we encourage them to be whatever they want to be. Mm-hmm. Don't let anything stand in your way. You need to speak up to your for yourself, you need to advocate for your friends. You need to be whoever you want to be. Don't let someone else tell you different. And I see it in this generation of like, you know, like the, I'm going to say the Gen Z's more <laughs> so yeah. than the millennials. Yeah. They're more focused on actually coming together and just ignoring the stuff that they feel that could be offensive and letting it wash off their back and nothing's going to stop them mm-hmm. that way. Whereas millennials feel very strongly about waking us, mm-hmm. waking us up. Mm-hmm. I think you've said that very well. Um, something that I feel like I try to live by, I don't know if I'm good at it at all, but is just to pick and choose my battles. And I feel like that's exactly what you're describing. We choose what we want to ignore and then fight for the things we think are important. And in this case, I guess you, in one way, are fighting for having more inclusion on the boards and the committees in the keg by offering up a potential researcher. Yeah, I think that you can't fight your battle if you don't have a solution mm-hmm. to win the war, right? Right. 
and maybe it's a, a Gen Xer thing, but you need to have an answer before you criticize something. You can't say, oh, that's no good and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. You have to say, well, this is how it'll be better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also important to acknowledge that sometimes you can you can acknowledge that there is a problem and that you need help finding an answer and going yes. to people to say, can you help me? Because um, even like inclusion diversity groups are the ones that are filled with people of color but we just went to a talk where someone said that they don't get any power of making change but if we have these problems and we're talking about inclusion in these committees and we don't exactly know how to fix it we can turn to them and actually give them the power to change something and you being a voice for us females and us in this workplace is actually a very nice thing um, have you found that in the last four years that you've been here, there has been an increase of a diversity in McKay? Um, I, yes, especially in like our researchers. It, the grad student, the grads, this is, it's a very interesting stat because typically for master's students, there have always been more female students mm-hmm. than males. Mm-hmm. And I always wonder like, why don't women pursue a PhD or why isn't there more, like, why don't they continue more? Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe it's the obstacles. Maybe they choose to go into industry. Maybe they choose to have families. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the great thing about, about being in Canada is that you can choose and do what you want. Mm-hmm. Yes, there may be consequences. But I have, you know, I have friends who had stay-home dads where their, their wives had the businesses and they went to work after they had children. And they also felt the same discrimination when they came back as women do when you come back from mat leave mm-hmm. and then you have to start out over again. I wanted to touch on that really quickly. Sorry to interrupt. Um, okay. And so in our first podcast, we kind of talked about the same topics about women, you know, often being the person that has to take that leave, that mat leave. And sometimes it's for the best. Your career kind of comes back up again. But, you know, we were thinking about it later, but um, I feel like the reality usually is that when you take that break, your career is not really the same anymore when you come back. And I don't know if you agree, um, because like in that break that you take, whatever, a year or two years, um, your competitors, your fellow colleagues, they're all working during that time. So you've missed out on a lot of progression or that, you know, opportunity to progress. So you're not really on the same playing field anymore. So I feel like that's huge. And it's nice that like, you know, we have now um, men that are willing to take that step because I think you need to kind of experience that to know how hard it is to get back into it because you're now competing with people that didn't take that break. Yes, I I would definitely agree. Mm -hmm. You know, like even uh, for me, I went, I opened up a day home and I did more education to be the best person that I could be. My plan was to run the day home until my youngest hit kindergarten. My youngest actually, I loved it so much. I did it until she hit grade four. Mm -hmm. And even then I'm I'm still, I still miss the kids. (laughs) But, um, but then, then things change. Like there is social media, like yeah. There's like <laughs> when did that virtual <laughs> events? Like yeah. There's all these things that changed, and I was just like, I'm not prepped. Right. And you like look at how fast social media grows. You you're gone for a year. Like, 
No, yeah, you're left behind. Yeah, right. It's, if your job involves social media research, how oh, fast yeah. is research? Even though it goes slow, like it does go fast, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you're left behind. Like I would totally agree that it's an uphill battle, mm -hmm. but I would say it because we have two children, and as painful as they are, <laughs> is, is I'm glad I made that decision for sure. Were you prepared to make that decision, or was it just kind of? I always on you? wanted kids, right? So I knew that I it was a choice that you needed to yeah. make. When when it came time for me to go back to work, we had a lot of conversations about the pros and cons. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could maybe like do it all over again, were there things that you would change? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change. That's so satisfying yeah. to look back and know that, like, no, yeah, I don't think I would change. You know, there's a lot of things in my in my life that I did that I, w I will pass on to grad students and other people, mm -hmm. like my kids. Don't do something to please someone else. Do not do it. You'll, like, it, it will always turn out well in the end. Your life will always turn out well. However... Things might have been different. Um, it's really satisfying to hear that although there were paths that you would recommend us to not endure, I guess, you're still satisfied with how it, your life turned out. And I think that's what it is. Sometimes things happen and you don't really understand why they're happening until you look back on them and you've learned something from it. And in this mm -hmm. case, maybe what you've learned is what you're passing on to all the trainees that could turn to you for advice. Um, Make me blush again. <laughs> um, so earlier you said that you you only took a break after your second child. Yes. What was different between your first and second? Well, I wanted, I, to be honest, we did have conversations after I had my first. But at the time, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about being, like, doing uh, a day home. I just was going to not work. But then I was really afraid of turning my little, she was already a bookworm at like eight months. So I was worried about her not being socialized. She was a very quiet, observant baby. And I knew that she would be reserved and she needed to be out there. And so I thought, well, and I mean, I really loved working. Like I love working. I feel like it sounds so easy. Oh, you just started a daycare, whatever. But I'm sure it was very hard to get it going. What were some of the things that you had to do that you were surprised about? Oh, it's the safety, the safety things. I knew I wanted to be registered because I felt that it would give, like if I was mom bringing my kid to a day home, I wanted everything. I wanted that person. I wanted to be everything I wanted in that person. Right. Um, my oldest went to a daycare, very routine, very structured, very safety orientated. So I wanted that. Um, so I was surprised at all of the the regulations that I had to pass before right. you could even open the door. All the protocols. And I guess it makes sense because it's like vulnerable population. So it's always. Right. And there's stuff. lots of things that, you know, luckily I had my husband to help me because there was things I didn't think of, like. You know, your insurance changes on oh, your house yeah. and then you have to have an accountant for your taxes because you don't pay income tax and yet it's taxable income and, and all of this stuff. And then, you know, 
do you pay CPP into CPP or not? What are the pros and cons? There's all those little things of running a business that I wasn't prepared to. Looking after kids, I was <laughs> That's the easy part, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it was like the most, probably the most rewarding mm -hmm. societal thing that, you, that yeah. people can do. It's very underappreciated. Yeah, I think Dude. so too, yeah. I feel like even this conversation has been so enlightening because yeah. there's so many things that I didn't even think about. Do you think um, doing that, running that daycare helped you transition from um, that into getting back into your career? I I think it helped. That like I was, transferable skills, kind of? Yeah, like, you know, like, I mean, the university is is a culture of its own. I think I do think the fact that I had worked here for a long time before mm -hmm. also helped. Right. Right. Because then you know the culture. You know, post secondary is, is a completely different yeah. basket, let's per se, than the private sector. I think what we've learned here today is if you guys want to open a business, come to mm -hmm. Yvonne. Not only do you come to her with all your grad student problems, but come to her for your business problems <laughs> you know where to find her <laughs> um all right so we do want to move on to our rapid fire questions Yvonne okay. thanks so much for having such a good enlightening conversation I think you definitely took it in a direction that we didn't expect but we loved yeah. like I think you could see in our eyes you were like in <laughs> awe of you as you were talking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah so you're going to try to answer as fast as you can uh, keep it brief um we'll try to give you maybe like one to three seconds to answer it might be a lot of pressure but anything that comes into your head that's fine mm -hmm. okay even if it doesn't make sense it's fine <laughs> okay um, um if you could have any superpower to help with your administrative duties what would it be super speed you had that one ready. Yeah. <laughs> I I have kids. I've been asked that question before. <laughs> okay. If you could trade places with any student for a day, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would probably trade places with Karis Hildebrand mm -hmm. on her first day of medical school. Ooh, Karis, get ready to switch yeah. spots. <laughs> Sharpen up your admin yeah. skills. <laughs> if you were on a talent show, which talent would you showcase? Um, I'm not very talented, but I... That's a lie. I could probably play a song on the piano. Ooh, Ooh. we did not know that. We're going to need to hear this actually go down. We heard there's a piano around here. We're going we're gonna to put you in a piano. It's yeah. Let me practice. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll give you a couple okay. weeks. We'll give you a couple okay. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What's your go-to office playlist or favorite song to listen to while you're, you know, busy at work? Oh, my, I have a playlist on, on YouTube. The first song. Yes. Is um, uh, Guns and Ammunition by July Talk. Oh, my Ooh. gosh. I actually don't know that song, so I'm going to go home and. Search this up. Oh, they're Canadian band. They're Ooh. great. Okay, nice. What is the most memorable thing that has happened in the keg thus far for you? The Christmas party of 2022. Ooh. We missed that yeah. one. Why oh, that one? Yeah. It was just so fun. It was the first time really back in a fun social, like, although we had had research day in person, but there was no masks. There yeah. were... For the most part. I mean, some people did choose to wear masks still. Mm -hmm. But we had music. It was social. It was so much fun. We were at King Eddie, like, 
it was just a blast that sounds so much fun I see like pictures on like walls sometimes and I'm like oh man right? I'm so and so tried. sad that we missed it <laughs> yeah um, if you could travel back in time to your own student days, what advice would you give yourself? Leave x-ray technology. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And do you have any advice for the students that are listening? Just know that you guys are all wonderful mm-hmm. and believe in yourself. Like truly, like you're doing amazing things. <laughs> like it blows our minds. We should just have her as the guest every episode. It's just... No, I can't. I don't think I can do this again. (laughs) Can we just, like, call you up whenever needed? (laughs) Yvonne, I'm going to cry. I need your help. I I have literally said in a new trainee orientation, if you need a shoulder to cry on, come to to see me. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. I believe that. Yeah. That is what I do. Truly. (laughs) You've seen us do that to you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I may be crying too. (laughs) That's what helps, you know? It's like you're not alone. Um, And I think our final question is, what is your favorite podcast? Yours, need to know. It's the only podcast I've ever subscribed to. Only podcast I've ever listened to. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Listen to need to know. Um, that was it. That was our rapid fire. That was all our question. Thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure to have you on this podcast. I hope you had as much as fun as we did. Truly. I did. Thank you, Tanya and Danielle. This was, this was great. And I feel very honored of being your second guest. Yes. <laughs> Woohoo. Mission accomplished. But yeah, thank you so much to everyone who's listening and uh, tune in next time. Yeah. Bye.